Blue Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Narpig. Hit the music. It's time for revenge. That's right. Another episode of the bluest striped beast sitting in the pop cultural forest. That's right. Blue Tiger Revenge. I am comic book creator Tad Galusha. And joining me is, well, he's kind of broke now, but some say he's the hottest toy in the Emerald City. Wow. The king of beards. The king of beards. Big Brian Bales. How's it going, Big Brian? Now... Did you, were you waiting to use that or did that just fly I out of your head? I that right off the top of the dome, my friend. That's impressive. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that is really I, What did impressive. I say? The bluest striped beast of the pop cultural forest? No, I was talking about. The uh, hot toys? Yeah. The hottest toy wow. of the Emerald City. Well, you did get the hottest toy of Emerald City. I Hell, did. you were. That's right, folks. Uh, we are fresh off of Emerald City Comic Con, which that's pretty much what this episode's going to be all about. I think so. Yeah. We got a little interview. We to, do. Uh, you know, we had to interview our gracious host, Critical Entertainment. Yeah. And uh, they were awesome. Very, very cool. Very cool. You can see why I've been working with them, right? Absolutely. They're, awesome. They're just great people. Yeah. Really, really nice people. And, uh, you know, I think the the cap on it for me, or I guess the cherry on top, was when uh, they offered the extra the extra ticket to Max, so he could come up on yeah. Saturday. I mean, so he could come up on Saturday. That was uh, completely unexpected and uh, really really cool. He had a yeah. Blast. I, was, I was telling someone about that, and they were like, "Whoa, they they got a." a ticket for Bry and his son. I was like, yeah, man, like they provided badges for them so they could come with me. And so, so I was a guest, so I've got a book first Americans, right? Yep. yep. Uh, so issue two is about ready to, to come out here any month. Apparently from what I've been told it's at the printers. Awesome. Um, which is, uh, yeah. And, uh, and I just signed on, we're going to pretty much finish the series over Pretty much this year, we're gonna do I think two or three more issues from the sounds of it. At minimum two, I think maximum three. Just kind of depends on how how fast we're able to crank it out. Um, well, I should say how fast I'm able to crank yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of wheeze thrown around in the comic industry, but really it comes down to a few shoulders. <laughs> that's true. That is that's very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just man. I couldn't. Uh, I've worked with a lot of companies, and I can I can honestly say it's definitely some of the one of the better companies I've worked for. You know, they're small, independent, but sometimes that's the best route to go. You know? Absolutely, yeah. That's that can make all the difference in the world just based off of how they treat you, and you know, treating you like a person and not just like another cog in the machine. You know. Yeah, yeah, and like when they, you know, everybody kind of uses the same language about. 
us and we and like talk about a team but a lot of times when it we don't need to put in rubber on the road, so to speak. You get left at the rest stop while, you know, the company with the work you're doing is still banking, still right. rolling forward, making merchandise and all that stuff. And um, working with a company like Critical Entertainment, they don't necessarily do that. You know, they're like, no, jump in. You're riding shotgun with us. Let's roll, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you just, yeah, I mean, you never know. Yeah, everything's a risk in life, right? Especially in entertainment industry, like, you're just hoping that you you get on a good project and the people you're working with are awesome. I guess that's kind of any job, right? It's Definitely. just you hope you you just hope that the people you're working with at yeah, the end I of the mean, day, like you know what the paycheck is. Right. right. But it's the details that make it feel like it's worth it or not. Right. So but uh yeah, man, we had a good time. So I came in what, I landed Thursday mm-hmm. night. Um so apparently it sounds like Emerald City was the it was kind of a ghost town Thursday, so it was a good yeah. day to kind of miss. Yeah, sound like a lot of people did that. And then, uh, and then Friday we hit it hard. Friday and Friday Saturday. and Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot, but it was it was worth it, man. It was uh, well, yeah. When I get to wake up to what you're throwing on the grill Sunday morning, that's I mean, right. that's right. Fuck. I made uh, I made some delicious delicious ribs. What were the two styles? You did two styles of rib. Yes. So I did a uh, Carolina barbecue rib, which is the mustard-based barbecue, and then uh, a sriracha barbecue sauce. Now, typically, I'd be a sriracha man. Yeah. But I think you converted me. Yeah. Dude, the Carolina barbecue is my favorite. That mustard base is my favorite, hands down. It was so fucking good. And it like when you say mustard, I you know if you've never had it, you think, oh god, it's gonna taste like French's mustard. No No, fucking way. No, it was. Oh my god, it just had so much flavor to it. It was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. Smoked those for a good uh, three, four hours. It was, uh, and they were they were amazing. I had them last night as well. Son of a bitch. I should have. We finished them off. For dinner last yeah, I night. mean, and we made a dent in them too. I mean, yeah. we went at a hard, and but I guess when you cook three racks of ribs, yeah, we had a whole rack left over to uh, to eat. Oh, oh, yeah. And you know all that flavor just. Like and listen, I don't even heat them up. I, I ate it cold, just cold That's ribs, right. and mm, mm, That's man, the way to do it. It was incredible. That's what. Yeah. So we have our we have an interview with. With Mason Mendoza, yeah, I mean, because we got to promote his new book, right? Absolutely, at Critical Entertainment, yeah, uh, it's called Minion, and of course, Minion, great concept. But we'll get into that. There's something I want to ask you before we get into the interview. Okay, okay. So while we were, you know, doing our shenanigans across the Northwest, you know, just fucking digging those tiger claws deep, deep yep. into the, the heart of Seattle. There was some shit that kind of dropped over the weekend, right? Like there was some cool stuff that came out. I think so. Yeah. There was this new. Uh, I, you know, we're both big fans of the End of the Spider Verse. Yeah. But then there was a new trailer for with the sequel. I don't even know what it's called. It's called Across the Spider Verse. Across the Spider, and yeah. people are freaking out because Spider Man 2099 is kind of featured in it. Yeah, it's like a the whole. It, I I wouldn't consider it a trailer. I consider it more of like. A concept, uh, yeah, because it's called part one. Yeah, so there's a part two dropping, so I don't know if it's going to be like an in between. But 
I just want to know you're more connected into this stuff. You're like I say, like I tell people, you're the heart and soul, oh, the super you. fan of Blue Tiger. I'm I'm probably more of the like the grumbly growl and the claws if we got down to it, just like oh, you're fucking That's uh, fair. bullshit. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. That's probably a fair assessment, let's be honest. Yeah. But uh what was your what was your take? I thought it was incredible, man. Um just keeping in line with uh the same animation style, which I knew we knew that they were gonna do, right? We knew they were gonna keep that same style because uh it was something that I don't know, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but we've never really seen that type of style before, you know? Yeah. And uh, they kept with it. And then to have that character who is just iconic as Spider-Man 2099, right? Like that suit is awesome and having them fight. And so then you're, you're kind of wondering, well, what are they, what are they fighting about? You know, it's, it's going to be that, is it going to be that thing, you know, where, uh, you know, they fight, and then uh, halfway through, they're best friends, and they got to go uh, save the Spider-Verse. Right. And right. I'm okay with it. I, and see, I don't know much. I remember when Spider-Man 2099, because it was back when they did the 2099 yeah. for ev- for all the characters. Well, a lot of this the was in the, They did this, like, this was, like, the 2099 series was, like, peak 90s, right? Oh, yeah. Peak 90s. Yeah. yeah. So it's like 100 yeah. years in the future. But now it's like, well, it's really not that far away anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. It's really not that far out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't remember too much about Spider-Man. Was it, was it Peter Parker? Was he Spider-Man in 2099 or no, was it somebody else? it was somebody else. And I honestly don't remember all of the details. I just remember the suit. Right, the suit was cool, yeah, and it seems like that whole run that two thousand nine nine, not a lot of it like carried a lot of nostalgia because most of it, like I remember X Men two thousand ninety nine was pretty kind of kind of lame, right? And some of the other ones, like I think they even did like an Iron Man two thousand ninety nine or something like that, and I remember it not being that. I just remember not thinking it was that cool, right? But Spider Man two thousand, I remember like I want to say that even had like a video game or something. I remember it had some. Some so like, there was uh, a there was a Spider-Man game that came out maybe around ten years ago called Shattered Dimensions, where you mm-hmm. played as like regular Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir, and then Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. Okay, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and I want to say there was that CGI cartoon back in like the two thousand oh, early two thousands. Right. Yeah. And I want to say two, Spider-Man two thousand ninety nine was in it a lot. I never saw it because it was at that time where like. I was in college. And right. I remember just seeing it play on the gym at the gym, and people be like watching it on the treadmill. And I remember being like, "Oh shit, they're making Spider-Man cartoons." So that's cool. And I, but I never, you know, I didn't have time to watch it. I don't think I watched it. it either. I remember. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. I want to say Spider-Man 2099 was in it, but I'm probably wrong. I'm sure there's some. Someone will let us know. Someone yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. some web slinging dork out there just like you morons, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that uh that was really cool. I was really happy to see that. And then um other news too, we had uh I hate to I hate to bring like bad news to the show, but oh, yeah. I felt like I wanted to say something because of uh you know, George Perez posted today about his uh, cancer diagnosis being terminal, six months to a year left to live. Um, the man is an absolute legend. Uh, 
Yeah. One of the best. I, I have a little story about Perez. Um, so for a good friend of mine, I oh, should try and get him on the show sometime. Uh, he was he was a guy who worked in the bullpen for like a decade. Mm-hmm. So people, if people don't know what the bullpen is, bullpen was like basically the editorial offices of Marvel. And back in the day when you had to actually like send your physical pages in, so you have to t- you used to have to FedEx your pages like overnight to Marvel, then they would like take photocopies or do whatever they did, make, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fo- or actual photos or slides of them so that they could take them to print, right? But when they did that, a lot of guys would make mistakes because you didn't have access to the amount of information. So if you're an artist and you've never drawn, say, Spider-Man 2099, you have no idea what he looks like. Right. And so they had this whole team of artists, in. it was called the bullpen, where they would basically do corrections. It was all just corrections or if guys were behind deadline they'd do inks anything anything and everything right um and so anyways he said there was only one guy they that bullpen never had to touch his work perez i believe and it. perez was famous because he was the guy that not all he not only was he the most consistent but he was the guy that's like hey we're gonna have just every member of the justice league and every member of the avengers and every member of the x-men fight in this page uh, go and he would do every single character, and they never once had to do corrections. And I always felt that was like so impressive because, like, yeah, fuck, man. Like, yeah, I mean, you're talking about can... the Marvel versus DC guy, the Teen Titans. I mean, yeah, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth. I mean, and yeah. I and and I think one of the one of the major takeaways that I got from his announcement was. What he wanted to do most was he wanted to. Con- he said he wanted to still try and do like as many conventions and things that he could. Yeah. So in signing, so he could still connect with fans all the way, you know, all the way up until it's time. Which, yeah, that's incredible. Knew- you know what I mean? And if that's what I mean, I think it's one of those when you get to that doorstep, you should. And our culture is not very good at doing it, but right. I think. It- I think it should be where uh, you should be allowed to just do what makes you happy. Yeah. Especially in a, a guy like George Perez, who like his entire life is about contributing. Yeah. Like he's giving. Yes, he's getting paid and stuff to do these pages. But like when you, you don't get that kind of reputation in industry if you're not putting in something more into your work than just hitting the deadline and getting your paycheck. Right. He's putting so much more. He's putting his heart and soul. So he's a guy that like, not only did he love the, he loves the content, but he also loves the industry. And that's super rare. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't say that. I cannot say that. I've never, I've never heard anyone say like a bad thing about him. Mm -mm. Like even like a, Oh, I never meet your heroes moment type of thing. Like, yeah, it's, if it was George Perez, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, he's one of those dudes. You always hear he's super gracious with his time and all that. And I mean, obviously, he's on his, he's doing like this big, you know, final run. And yeah. it's to do all the as many conventions as he can. I I just hope that he's able to do, you know, all the big ones. And I hope, I really hope the conventions uh, go out of their way to purposely bring him in. Yeah, and you know, instead of like, you know. Make it well if you buy a table in Artist Alley. We'll right, let you come, George. Right, no, make the dude a fucking guest, right. a guest of honor. Give put him, him the up VIP in the nice treatment, man. Yeah, pick him up from the hotel. Put him in a uh, you know a nice suite. Let him bring members of his family. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Yep. And then set it up so that like he's taken care of. 
Um, and I'm sure they will. You know, some of the big ones will. Definitely. I think so. And I and you know what? I I'd also like to see. Uh, you know, I think now is the time. DC, Marvel. Let's uh, let's get some reprints of some of his stuff out there, so that way uh, his family can. Oh, are you kidding me? They're definitely going to be doing it. Get some of those residuals. You know what I mean? Now, here's here's the. Remember, I said I'm the the the, the grumble and the claws of Blue yeah. Tiger. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me the mouse isn't going to want to. You know. Unfortunately, you're probably right. Ching off a off that uh, off that death card. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Not but, to get grim. <laughs> no. But I also can see the good in that too, because that will give his sure. family a little bit something extra. You know. I hope, yeah, I hope, I hope they, I, honestly, I hope they, they do their due diligence and honor those, those contracts. And if those contracts aren't even there for the, the type of like, um, what am I thinking? Royalties. Yeah. Give it to them. Yeah. The guy's given everything to the industry. Just yeah. give him more, you know, give him a fucking cameo in whatever Marvel movie you're filming right now. Like, yeah. Make, give the guy like, like, we, like you said, roll up the goddamn red carpet for the dude. The guy gave everything he had to this industry and then some. Yeah, he and, you know? he and uh, Marv Wolfman have been on a few episodes of Teen Titans Go, and they're pretty great. Oh, really? Yeah, like as themselves. As themselves, yeah. Good. And it's pretty Good. great. Well, I'm sure you know a guy like that. You know, it's one of those that I'm sure that they'll he'll they'll do some stuff for him. You yeah, know, I think so. I'm sure they will. If they don't, it's a, if they don't, the fans will. Right. Well, they already are. They already are. Right. And you see so many people like my feed is just, just people. A lot of people we've even had on the podcast yeah. just talking about this is my favorite Perez book. This is when I worked with Perez. You know, yeah. it's just, it's really cool to see. So I agree. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a bummer. It really, it's a bummer. But at least he's getting a. I will say this: the good thing is, is he's getting to do it like. His way, yep. you know what I mean. I agree. At least for now, right now, he's getting to do it his way, and that's, dude, that's that's the best way to do it. I yeah. think that's all you can ask for in the end. I think so. You know, yeah. I hope uh, I hope the six months to a year ends up being longer, and we can, uh, you know, have have him around for uh, as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of times doctors are wrong. Yeah. They say a year, and then it turns into, uh, you know. 10 years so um how old is he right now anyways he's got he's probably in his what 60s i would guess okay yeah yeah that would yeah. be my guess i actually met him once i was like a still student and uh they're a super nice guy i forget there's someone on at the table i was i guess at the cubert booth i was mm. running the cubert booth at a convention um because that was kind of like you got, we got one, my last year at the Cuber school that everybody got, as long as you did a shift at their table, you got a free entry into, uh, New York comic con at the time. I think it was called big apple con. Okay. And, uh, but essentially New York comic con, you got a free ticket. And so, you know, I did, I did Saturday and Sunday and I, did, I think I did, you know, I, I did two shows. So yeah. I could go with two days. Yeah. But the last day I was there, Perez stopped by because I think Adam or somebody was there at the table doing something. Maybe it was Joe, but Perez stopped by because he had to talk to him. And I was like, very nice. I only spoke, said a few words, but he was a really cool guy. Sure. So, I mean, he didn't even have to acknowledge my existence. That's what most right. uh, pros did. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he acknowledged me as a human being. So I was like, oh, wow, he's a great guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, but. What do you say we uh, we hop into this uh, hop into this interview with Mason? Uh, let the Cubs 
get to know him a little bit. Get to know a little bit more about Critical Entertainment. Yeah. And what they got yeah. going on. Let's fucking do it. What's happening, Tiger Cubs? It is I, the King of Beards, Big Bry, live on the floor in the exhibition hall for Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, a little bit of behind the scenes here. I am hanging out with uh, Critical Entertainment. Tad's doing some bullshit. I don't know. He sucks. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I am joined by the uh, what uh, co co-owner, publisher, writer, editor. He he does it all, folks. Of uh, Critical Entertainment, uh, Mason Mendoza. What's going on, man? Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, uh, how's uh, how's the con been for you so far? You guys, uh, you having a good time? Yeah, I am. This con's been kicking ass. I just released my first book that I wrote, so it feels good. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about your book, man. All right, man. So, we'll get this out. It's, uh, it's about a henchman of a supervillain navigating the superhero world. So imagine if you're, uh, your boss is a supervillain and your biggest project is taking down a freaking superhero, right? You're not going to meet your deadline. You're, it's just an impossible project, um, and there's some comedy involved. It's kind of fun, right? Yeah, I'm still working on the pitch. Okay, yeah, no, I think it's good. I, I, love, that, uh, I love that prospect. I love that idea. I think, uh, I think that sounds like a whole hell of a lot of fun. Um, and uh, is it just uh, first issue out? How many got out right now? So we got two issues out right now. Um, we have we're working on the first chapter which will be a trade hopefully by the end of next year so it's a process you know we've got a kick-ass artist named leandro rizzo um i'm writing it with chris rita uh you can get it on our website or whatever i don't know if you want me to like sell this right here <laughs> uh, but yeah so that's what's been going on with us we also got a couple of other books um and it's just the con experience you know it's it, we're finally back. I drove all the way from California up to Seattle with a bunch of books in the back of my car because we're just this tiny indie publisher, um, and it feels good. It feels good. That's awesome, man. I uh, I love seeing the small publishers up here. Um, I actually have you to thank for, for being here, so uh, thank you for that very, very much. I'm having a blast. Uh, dude, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I love that. So... I'd love to hear about kind of uh, your your experience. So this is your first book that you've written. Um, talk about that process. Yeah, so um, it's been a long grind. Chris and I started writing back in 2013. You know, we were like roommates in college. So we've just been bouncing ideas back and forth, soundboarding. Um, we started handing out ash cans of his book, Zombie Zero in Long Beach at like a four foot table and just handing them out for free. So, you know, this has been a journey to get us this corner booth at ECCC. Um, yeah, I guess our process is kind of just like sitting around shooting the shit. And then, you know, one of us sits in front of the computer and we're like, all right, what's this panel going to look like? What do we want Leandro to do? We hook up with Leandro, see what he thinks about it. Kind of move from there. Um, and then, yeah, we made Critical Entertainment in like 2017 and uh, people started taking us a little bit more seriously. We got into San Diego Comic-Con. Um, things have been exploding from there. We did Prisoners of the Ghostland for Patriot Studios. We did a little prequel comic for their movie and that's, that's that Nick Cage movie. And he's like a gonzo, you know, that's, that's like the wackiest movie ever. Um, there you go. 
Cage control. <laughs> yeah, so so it has been, you know, like from s the start to where we are, it's been like almost a decade, dude. Like, wow, man, that's that's amazing. That's amazing to see, like, kind of the progression, right, of how you, uh, you know, we essentially start something off, you know, with a buddy, and then just and you know, kind of watch it. Uh, kind of watch it grow from there yeah and like in this process you know chris he has this screenwriter background you know he went to school for screenwriting i went to school for philosophy so that's kind of how we you know uh got involved got going back and forth and i didn't know a thing about screenwriting or writing or story structure uh when i started this whole process but now you know I've read like Save the Cat by Blake Snyder and I was telling you about like uh the hero's uh journey with uh you know doing Joseph Campbell, reading Joseph Campbell. So for any new, you know, writer, I would recommend just dip your toes into that shit. It'll help you understand story structure, it'll help you make compelling stories. Um and it's helped me a lot. It's helped me build up confidence too in my writing capabilities. So That's awesome. Uh now can you can you give us a peek? Can you give the Cubs a little peek behind the curtain? You know, tell us uh, what Critical Entertainment has uh, coming down the pipeline. So we're uh, with Tadier, dude. We're doing the first Americans, right? Yeah. So that's going to be dope. Um, we want to get issues two, three, four, and five. Listen, I'm the man. I'm the best. That's why I'm here. I'm doing First Americans for Critical Entertainment. Yeah, all you Tiger kids and Tiger Cubs, drink the milk, drink it deep. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, I don't share that same sentiment. Like, I bet we would all get along. But I, uh, the other stuff that we got going on, we're doing a, we're doing a, uh, a book about a panda that escaped from the zoo. And, like, he just wants to travel, but everyone treats him like this lazy panda. So it's kind of to, like, you know, encourage kids, like, hey, think about other cultures. Get out there. Get out of the house. Get out of your little suburb and, you know, explore. Um, and then we also have a book that I have uh, written right now. I'm looking for an artist, a noir artist. Um, it's uh, about a gal who clones herself. So it's, it's dark, you know. Imagine... You're going through troubled times. You need a friend. You need someone to talk to, but there's just nobody for you that gets you, understands you. But you also happen to be like a genetic scientist who knows like some pretty, pretty smart shit. So, you know, that's kind of what we got on the forefront. Hopefully, you know, midway through next year into next year. Very cool. And uh, any noir artist, noir, <laughs> good God, noir artist. Listen, folks, it's 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 been a long couple of days. We're all tired here. Uh, uh, as the kids say, my uh, my dogs are barking, you know. And uh, but yeah, if there's any noir artists out there, uh, you know, want to work for an awesome company and and some cool dudes, hit hit the man up. And uh, now I would be remiss this if if I didn't ask you this because this is something that we ask every single person who uh, who who comes on our show, every single person that we interview. And it's something that we call the question. All right. So the question is this. Now, if you, uh, with given unlimited budget, um, to be able to create or work on any sort of IP that you wanted. So, you know, you don't have to limit yourself to just comics. It could be like a movie, a TV show, something like that, that you could make into a comic. 
What would you do? Uh, so I am an extremely sentimental dude. You may have been able to tell with the panda book. You know, I like that lighthearted, like, Adventure Time shit. Um, I, I like stuff where, like, when you look at it, it takes you to another place, and that other place is kind of, like, happy and feathery and light. So I think I would just... So if if the idea is that I can pay my way into anything, I'd go to a Miyazaki. I'd go with Studio Ghibli, and I would just be like, "Let's fucking finally do the Zelda movie," you know. Let's. <laughs> so I know everybody kind of says that, but yeah, that's like two things that I love, and you got to tie them together. So I love it. I love it. Oh well, we have somebody decided to. Uh stop being big time and uh and and come talk to us lowly peasants over here so you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna hand this over to uh you know him you love him the milkman that's right tagalusha comic book artist here i know you all been waiting i got a question for mason all right your new book minion i had to look at it to remember the title that's how fucking wiped i am that's how good it is. But I know what it's about. Let me ask you this. If you had to be a minion for any supervillain, which supervillain would it be and why? Boom, I'm out. Peace, motherfuckers. I'm going to need some time to think about this. You could, you could edit out that time. Let me, let me relate. No one has ever asked me this question before, and it's the most fucking obvious question. So give me two seconds. I'll be right back. That's because the milkman brings the thunder. That's right. Frothy, fresh, blue tiger milk. Go subscribe, Substack, Blue Tiger Revenge. It's, it's, well, it's actually bluetigerrevenge.substack.com, but you get the idea, right? You get the idea here, folks. This is, uh, this is what we're doing. We're just, uh, we're having a blast. Listen, I, we're on the, yeah, we're on the show floor right now. I might have spent some money yesterday. Um, How much did you spend, Bry? What was that? How much did you spend, Bry? Well, let's just say this. I bought a Hot Toys, they no longer make it, um, 89 Batman. And I'll leave it at that. And I'm with this, I'm going to hand it back to Mason for the answer to Tad's question. I still don't have an answer. I just want to say, like, the whole point is it sucks to work for a supervillain. I can't <laughs> think of anybody. It's like, fuck, no, I don't want to work for, like... Maybe like Mega Mind, but he's not technically a supervillain. I'm trying to think like who went good, you know? Fuck. No one wants to work for Lex Luthor. No one wants to look work for the Joker. The Monarch, actually, you know, Venture Bros, big inspiration, I gotta say. It would be great to wear the the butterfly costume. I I feel very free in that, but no, let me think a little harder. Let me think a little harder. Well, let's let's list the you know, supervillains you don't want to work for. Joker, he's gonna Joker gas you. Uh, the Red Skull, just saying who he associates with, probably not a good look. Yeah, definitely not a good look. Mr. Freeze, you piss him off, he's gonna just, you know, freeze you. Freeze your legs off. I could, I could maybe do Penguin. I could see Penguin, right? Because he's essentially just a mob boss, right? I could see Penguin. Um, yeah, he might have he might have good benefits or something, you know. He's like he's well connected, you know. He he probably pays, right? I would think so. Plus, he's got like you know that iceberg casino. So like if you <laughs> you know you you work your way up and you're you know you're just dealing cards in the casino. I mean, I I I do that. Oh yeah, you know maybe 
maybe like a like a Jeff Bezos, you know, maybe like super ultra rich guy where I could just work my way up to being like middle management, you know, stay out of the limelight. Yeah, he, a lot of, lot of Bezos minions out there. That's, uh, that's for sure. I could, I could be the guy that like, you know, cleans the bathroom on the Blue Origin and like scrubs the spacesuits. You know, that's kind of cool. It's kind of you get to like associate with Shatner. You know, I don't know. There you go. There you go. So Bezos is it? This is a real life super villain as well. He, I mean, he is. Middle-aged, bald, rich billionaire. I mean, you can you can uh, take that for what you will. Put that together, however you want to put that together. But uh, that's uh, that's us here on the showroom floor. Uh, Mason, where can folks find you guys? Uh, you can find us on criticalentertainmentla.com. You can find me at Mason Critical Entertainment uh, for my Instagram. We're all over Twitter. Basically, type in Critical Entertainment um, in Google, and <laughs> we'll come up. Awesome, man. Well, uh, hope the rest of the con goes good for you, and uh, good luck. You know, uh, it's you guys are killing the game right now, man. Thanks, man. I've really enjoyed your company. Check one, two. Who is that rude guy just jumping in there and cussing and being all arrogant and cocky? What a know. piece of garbage. He is a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Speaking though. of, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, you know, Mason did, uh, he did, he did, well, he didn't fail. He actually, he knocked the question, the question out of the park. Bezos, man. Yeah. That was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I was honestly expecting him to say something like, I want to work for, like, the rhino, because he'd be dumb. <laughs> yeah, but he could, like, just mow you over. That's the problem. He'd have to figure it out, though. Yeah. I do love that concept, though. I do. What? Just being a minion for a, or being a goon for a supervillain. Yeah. I mean, I, I know him and I were talking, and I, you know, one of his, uh, you know, he was, well, I, did, I think he mentioned it in the interview. It was just, like, the, the whole Venture Brothers, yeah. you know, like. They they ran with that concept, and I I mean, uh, you know, and that was a motivation for him to I think for you know for the story a little bit too. Definitely, um, definitely. And I'm uh, for the next episode, Minion issues one and two will be the books I'm reviewing. Oh, nice yeah, for, for next nice. episode. Yeah, so that'll be nice. fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, and we got to meet uh, Mason's um, girlfriend. She came by and helped out, uh, yeah. Christina. Yeah, she was awesome. Super nice. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, enough about talking about individuals. Let's talk about the overall con. It okay. was kind of a weird one, it right? It was different. It was different. And I think it, it, part of it was different for me because I'm used to Rose City, right? In Rose City, everything is all on one floor, you know. Um, I mean, I've done Emerald City a few times, and it's multiple. Always been, it's always been multiple floors the last few years. But I just like turn turn. It seems like the turnout overall was just really yeah small small turnout, and kind of hard. It was, I guess, hard for me to navigate. Um, like overall, I had a I had an awesome time. Don't get me wrong, but 
Sure. I would have liked to have spent more time up in Artist Alley, but uh, it was kind of off and about, off the beaten path to, to get to. Not to mention even like, uh, you know, where the celebrity guests were, you know, um, they were just completely in another building. They were in the hotel. Yeah, across the way. Yeah, so I would have liked to have gone and see, uh, seen Jim Lee, but, uh, you know, that didn't end up happening. Just Did he even come down to the main floor? Not that I, I don't. I don't think he did. No. Oh wow. Yeah. I. Um, well, I thought it was weird because normally I'm like an artist alley guy. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. I'm like, most of the time up there. I'm most of the time when I'm cruising for stuff. That's where I'm going. I mean, I ended up buying some stuff from a few artists. That what was I thought most surprising is like there was some big name artists. Yep. But I noticed everybody's setup was very small. Like it was, it seemed like small little tables. Like we, you know, we caught up with I caught up with Terry Dotson. He was yep. there. Um, but like even where they had him at, he was on a corner so you could find him. But it was like just kind of like this, this little really nook. really tiny little table. Yeah. It seemed like everybody yeah. had small tables. Yeah. It was it's strange or like. Like, uh, you know, Sean Murphy was there. Yeah. I walked by him like probably 20 times because you kept going, oh, yeah, he's up there, man. I think he's got sketchbooks. And I was like, well, I'd like to check out a sketchbook. I always like his work. Um, might not like some of his things he tweets or Instagrams about, but, sure. you know, his work speaks for itself. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I went up there you know, and I, wa- I probably walked by him. It wasn't until you were like, dude, he's right there. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Okay. But it, again, his setup was really small. It, it was very small. Like there was a couple of elaborate setups, but it wasn't. Um, uh, it wasn't any of the super big name artists, right? <laughs> you know, it was like people I'd never heard of. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was bizarre. Like it was easy to miss some of the like kind of more bigger mainstream guys because they were really kind of seemed like they were just picked. They were. It was like they were hidden mm-hmm. all over Artist mm-hmm. Alley. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree, yeah. but I got to tell you though, I was very, very impressed with the uh, selection of, uh, of of stuff that they had. Because I went there. Are you saying toys? Yes, I am saying toys. Because I was. Are we just, we're just gonna get right. I'm gonna into get the right hunt. into it, man. Because the hunt was strong. It was, and for me, I wasn't looking for like I, I feel like I'm kind of over like the prints print phase in my life like i either want to have originals or or nothing you know at this point or like a really nice print you know on like that nice glycy paper um, like a lithograph or something something that's like might possibly have some resale value down the road right right and and not necessarily prints so i went on a toy hunt and uh Uh oh buddy did i strike gold as you know yeah. As you know, I did. Now, you even said, Tad, come talk me out of this. Tell me I how did. much of a loser yes. and a dork I would be for buying this. And I was like, no problem. Yeah. I got this. Then you went then and you, saw it. Then you showed it to me, and I was like, ah, 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 that's pretty cool. Pretty, it's pretty <laughs> cool. It's a pretty good price if this is as valuable as I think it is. And it is. And then. I didn't think you were going to buy it, honestly. Yeah. Because it was expensive. It we was. Don't need the number, but it was a lot of money. And then as soon as I opened my mouth and said, like, yeah, you know, I think it might be worth it, Bri, without hesitation, turns to the guy and goes, I'll take it. I'm not kidding you, folks. I had fucking heartburn right then and there. I had to stop. 
and put my hand on my chest because my heart like I just it just heated up because it was that much money. I was like, oh my god, he just spent that much on a fucking a 10 inch toy i did <gasps> i did well, let me tell you what it is I'll, I'll tell the cubs what it was so it was a uh hot toys from 2012 uh um in the box unopened in the was, box was immaculate yeah like we're talking yeah perfect condition yeah um and every everything inside was still wrapped in all the original all the plastic or everything like that so it has not been taken out of the box uh it was yeah. a Hot Toys six uh, six scale um, eighty nine Batman, and it looked. I'm not even kidding, folks. Like I, you know me, I don't. I'm usually I bag on that shit hard. Like God save your fucking money. It looks like Michael Keaton. It looked like tiny Michael Keaton from 1989 in the Batman suit, like in a box, and he's waiting for you to be like, free me, free me. <laughs> like his eyes look fucking real. They it was did. creepy. And like it was almost creepy looking. The suit like, it was he was in a rubber suit like the movie. Yeah. Um you touch it and feel the rubber. It wasn't just hard plastic, anything like that. Um yeah. it's in my it, it's in my cabinet right now. I took it out. It's, oh I I can see it. Yeah it's displayed. It's how the how do you look with the um, cape? Did it look pretty sick? He looks amazing. With is the cape. cape like a leather or a mm-hmm. rubber too? It's a leather, <sighs> like a leather type cape. Yeah. And and normally I would be like, dude, I think you, th- I think I don't think this was a good investment because that type of stuff. But what happened doesn't... as soon as I bought it and was walking around with it? You had two offers, which right away, Brian was like, dude, I could flip this right now, and he could have. I looked yeah. online. You could have flipped it for probably a couple hundred bucks right then. Two vendors. Yeah. Vendors were the ones that yeah. were coming out like, is that a hot toy? Like they were like coke addicts, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. is, that a, is that a hot toy? Uh, I smell a hot toy. One guy was like, I think I smell a hot toy. You uh, you willing to let that go? And you're like, no, man, I just bought it. He's like, oh, let me see it. Yeah. Let me see it. Yeah. So I took it out, took it out and showed it to him. Uh, loved it. And then, uh, yeah, man, I, I, could, uh, I, could, I could sell it tomorrow. Oh yeah, and, and, and make a profit. And make a significant, not just a small one, like a pretty significant one. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised. I'm guessing that was must have been one of those items that the guy just had it on the shelf forever, didn't yeah. sell. Yeah, and he was. He told me the next day because I went back there the next day and was kind of chatting with him, seeing what else they had, and uh, looking for that Batmobile. <laughs> well, I knew <laughs> I knew he wouldn't have had that, but uh, he was like, you know, if this wouldn't have sold, I probably would have been okay. I would have been okay if it, if I didn't sell it, but uh, just kept it. Yeah, he did, and it's mine, and I love it. Fuck. And that's, that's awesome. all I got. I didn't get anything else. I thought no, about- you didn't even you didn't even buy any books or anything, did you? No. Wow. I'm so behind on the books I already have. I was like, I, yeah, and nothing, nothing was really like popping my eye as far as as far as books go. I bought a book. I know you did. I did. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. We'll see. I did email him today. Probably be a few days before we hear back. But um, so you know, the rock star, uh, rock star artist. Uh, I can never, I can never pronounce his last name, but I think it's Jim Mafood. Is that how you say it? Mafood. So. Yeah. Anyways, he had this like you know he does like his he's got his uh, what is it. Is uh, Girl Scouts? Is that what it's called? Yep. It's getting ready to come out. Yep. Through Image, but you know he does all kinds of stuff. A lot of like rocks. Like he does like used. I think he's done some like album covers and all kinds of stuff. But he's like, you know, pretty badass. 
like I first found, I first kind of was aware of him like through his Tank Girl run. Yeah, you know, which is really cool. Anyways, so he's you know he's kind of famous for doing like all kinds of like interesting projects. You know, he's kind of like in that Ashley Wood, like David Cho kind of spectrum. You know, right. like just just kind of a like a like an artist artist, and he was like, oh hey, you know, we went and talked to him because I tabled next to him years yeah. ago. Obviously, he didn't remember me, but he was nice. You know, acted kind of like he did. Uh, but he then he was like, oh, you guys got to check this out. And he showed us this pop-up book. Him yeah. and like a couple guys from L.A. collaborated and did a pop-up book. And it was so cool. Normally, I wouldn't buy something like that, but it was so badass. It's amazing. Just- it's one of the coolest things pieces i've ever seen i'll call it an art piece because i think that's it, what it is yeah. yeah you know yeah it's like an art piece so i you know so it, i mean it was expensive it was like 50 bucks for i think it was only like 12 or maybe maybe 15 pages like yeah but you open it up and each piece is like two feet tall and huge yeah and it's just there's multiple components to it and like you know they did one of his tank girl covers and everything but it's so cool but yeah so i like you know i bought that and it was um like I said, I normally don't go, but that thing was just so unique. I was like, I have to have this yeah. on the shelf just because, I don't know, it's so inspirational. Where like I like the idea of being a comic artist, but I love the idea of like transcending it and doing more. Because I always think that comic art should be viewed as fine art. I agree. And I love the fact that he's able to like take his comic art and do something more with it. Um, but yeah, so people get it. It's called uh, Pop Funk. And if you can get your hands on it, it's completely worth your time. It'd make an amazing gift if you got somebody who's like really into just like kind of yeah. rich adults. Rap. Though, don't get it for a kid; get it for an adult. No, yeah, yeah. If you if you got a fan who's like into music or just radical like art, again, kind of that punk girl, you know, pop kind of yeah. Ashley Wood esque style. Uh, I, I strongly recommend it. It's definitely worth getting. But uh, yeah, we talked to a bunch of cool people, though. We talked to uh, you know we, I, we talked to Terry Dotson. We talked to um, oh, who's the big uh, Tula Tula Lote? I yeah, I never remember her yeah. last name. And you got a, you got a few sketchbooks from her. I did. They're I wanted, pretty spicy. <laughs> they're a little very spicy. They're very spicy. Uh, yeah, she had five of them, and I'd seen them online. And online, they typically sell for a lot. Yeah. Um, and so. I just told her, I said, hey, what's your, th- pick out your three favorites. I'll pay for them now. Cause she had this huge line and I had, I had Max with me. Yeah. And Max was like, dude, I'm not standing in line for some lady who draws other ladies. Yeah. This is not something, and which is understandable. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. And then he was trying to get me, I'll stand in line if you buy me a $60 leather jacket. I'll stand in line if you give me 50 bucks. I got him down to five bucks to just let me. T- <laughs> Enough stand hustle. Total hustle. I got hustled. Five bucks to talk to Tula. And um anyways, so I paid for him. I came back a couple hours later when she wasn't busy. She'd already had him done. We, we we you and I got to talk to her for a bit. Yeah. Very, very cool person. Yeah. And um, I looked at uh, some of her original pages in there too, and they were just amazing. Super amazing. Not cheap. No. 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 No, I mean, if you want to get some originals to keep their value, I know great. I'll get there someday. But uh, speaking of originals, you sold a few yeah. originals. I did. Uh, I did. I uh, well, we are you know our well. I should say he's kind of my buddy. I don't really know him that well. I just met him the one time yeah. on the old on your old podcast. Yeah. 
Um, Danny McCall. But, uh, yeah, Danny. He uh, he came by. I didn't realize he was a collector, but oh, him yeah. and his buddy, his buddy came by, who had this a crazy collection, and they both bought some originals. Um, I don't know. I well, like I think Danny Danny picked up a, a King Kong cover that I yep. did. Um, I actually got to pull out because there was some corrections on that. So he bought the pencils and the inks. Mm-hmm. The inks were the final, but the pencils had a different face, King Kong face. And so I'm going to see if I can find the uh, the layover, yeah. the pencil layover. I know I have it because I saw it when I was pulling it out um, before I came up, you know, came down for ECC. See, uh, anyways. So I'm going to pull that out. A lot of C's. I'm going to pull that out and mail it to him. Just, I mean, so we can have the complete the full like, thing. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. All his the buddy bought uh, a Godzilla original from you. Yeah, it was something that I did. It actually that was the thing that ended up getting me a job on Godzilla originally, and um, it, you know it was one of those things. I used to sell a lot of prints of it when I made prints of it, and uh, I had the original, and I just I'd had it for years. So uh, yeah, I was happy with letting it go. Mm-hmm. It's interesting when I sell my originals. It seems like the stuff that goes is that sort of stuff. That's yeah. not exactly like official. This you know this cover or this character. I mean that stuff does sell, but like it seems like the stuff that I sells more is just the kind of stuff where I'm kind of riffing and having some fun. Sure. So I might have to steer into that. We well we talked about that. We did. We did. We did. And then you you sold quite a few copies of Cretaceous. Of course. Yeah. yeah of course. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. You're, wa- you're welcome for that. Just grabbing people, walking by. Hey. I yeah. See you looking. What are, what are you looking for? Just chatting check up this and, out. Yeah, check this out. Yeah. This one's really cool. Yeah, you uh, you got me some sales. I That's did. for damn sure. I did. You yeah. Know, I do what I can. Cretaceous did well. The other stuff, uh, you know, I sell a few copies here and there. You know, nothing nothing worth bragging about. Sure. But Cretaceous did well. Yeah. Crit- uh, Critical you know, Entertainment got quite, it sold quite a bit of uh, first American copies as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think... Um, if I was uh, doing a pissing contest, I think first Americans may have outsold everything else that they had. I think it maybe, did. Maybe combined. Ooh. Ooh. Got him. I, I know it beat the pants off of Nicolas Cage's book. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, that's a good sign. That I, is they good. They always tell me that that book sells really well, all the conventions they do. So um, let's just hope that the other issues uh, come out I, next couple months, have the same run. I think they will. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But overall, but overall, it was a good con, man. I had a good um, time. I had a really yeah, good time. It definitely makes me kind of rethink, gives me ideas for how we should approach. Agreed. Um, especially like summer con. Yeah. I think there were some things learned, some do's and some don'ts. Um, yeah, definitely some, some ways to approach. I think I need to get like something that's in it. I noticed that a lot, the places that had really nice banners mm-hmm. definitely got a lot of attention. Um, like yeah. I need something. You definitely need something loud. I think these days because everybody's kind of loud, you know right. what I mean? Like everybody's got eye catching setups. Like we've got a cool blue tiger banner. banner. But I, I want to get a, I want to get an operation blue banner. I mean, we could, we would have enough room at SummerCon with our table. We'll have enough room to do three banners. Sweet. So, 
And so we got, so maybe that, that'll be the next step. We do an Operation Blue banner, and then I'd have my Tag Lucia banner with the Blue Tiger banner, and then I think we'd be good, man. Yeah. Because then, yeah, then that represents both of us. Everything. Yeah, everything that we do. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I might even get a new Tag Lucia banner, something with uh, maybe the, the Narpig logo. I think either you do the Narpig logo or that, uh, I don't know if you can use it, but the uh, cover for the second issue of First Americans. That, uh, yeah, I probably, I'd have to ask them. Yeah, because that thing is sweet. Yeah, I don't know if they'd let me. Mm. Probably. I bet if I asked, I bet I bet they'd be cool with it. Yeah. I mean, I did draw the shit out of it. You did draw the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, the self-fellatio is that's, just insane today. That's what we do. That's what we yeah. do here at Blue Tiger. Um, all right. Tigers so are flexible. Any, oh, uh, you know what? what? There is something that's okay. missing. After the con. After the con. We came back to your place. We did. And an old, old Tiger Cub from back in the old days, before the revenge tour, yeah. decided that he needed to FaceTime with us. I wanted to forget that ever happened. <laughs> old Big Red, he came out of the blue oh, and there it is. into our lives once again. Mm-hmm. And let's just say he wasn't wearing any clothes. Yeah. And no, he, was, he was in a hotel room, and it was... It was a little spicy. A little too spicy. Did... Did we see how hairy his ass is? Unfortunately, Unfortunately yes, we did. We did. <laughs> Way too much. And he doesn't hesitate to show people either. No. Um, but it was good catching up with him. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing good. We also was... watched a great movie. Oh, yeah. Knight wow. Rider 2000. Which I didn't even know existed. And yeah, you started right. like, I don't know if it's good or not, but we have to watch I, it. Cause I, dude, I remember being so excited about that movie as a kid. Because it was like, oh, my God, Knight Rider's back. And... Yeah, it was just it a, was it was it wasn't bad. I mean, nothing really happened, but it was still kind of fun. It was fun seeing like Kit and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a problem with those TV movies though. Like their cl- like climactic ending was always like a simmer at best. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> see you next week. You know, because they don't they didn't really have they didn't really know how to end it. Yeah, and they kind of ended it like uh, this girl who had part of Kit's chip in her brain was going to be the next night ride. You know, they were hoping that if the ratings were high enough, that, that they that could was continue. Gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah, she was going to be the next night ride. She probably had a contract all in place. Yeah, she was probably like, "Oh man, I just signed an exclusive with whatever. I'm going to be the next night rider. It's going to be awesome." They probably even had episodes in the can. I bet you. No doubt. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, just the way it was set up. But you know, the Hoff wasn't coming back. He was already deep into Baywatch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or Baywatch, as as we called it (laughs) back in the day. All right, all (laughs) right. I mean, did I call it that as a five year old? Definitely. Yeah. Did it make me realize certain things about people? Definitely. Yes. Think a lot. I don't think you're the only one. No. Pamela Anderson, wherever you are, thank you. <laughs> if you ever want to come on the show. Oh, open invitation. Open, open invitation. invitation. I mean, she played a comic book character. She played barbed wire. So. You know, funny you say that. Uh, I didn't get to talk to him, but I believe the artist the or creator, the writer. Yeah, the creator, the creator of barbed wire. Was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost stopped by to talk to him, but I... Um, 
I don't know. I think I had Max with me, and I was like, this might not be the best. That yeah. might, if Max starts asking questions, I don't. Uncle Ted does not know how to answer. <laughs> What's wrong with her chest, Tad? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. You should probably ask your dad that. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't have time for any of that shit, man. He was looking for just... What he, Link really was Zelda. He was on a Zelda kick the whole time. It seemed still like. is. Yeah, we're we're on a big Zelda kick in the house right now. So, yeah, he bought Loki Loki knives, yeah. and um, those quickly turned into Zelda knives. Oh yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, he's got he's got the Master Sword and Hylian Shield from the from the games, and wow. uh, every day he puts them on every day and wants to fight. So. Lucky you. Lucky me. <laughs> well, uh, let me ask you this. What have you been reading? Then we'll get out of this pop. Well, then we'll blow this popsicle stand, as they say. Yeah, so I was reading... Uh, oh, what did I just finish reading? Secret Wars? Oh, the one from mid-2000s? Yeah. Oh, how was it? It was great, man. I've I've read. It's not the first time I've read it, but uh, that's with the scrolls, right? Yeah, I like to go back and and read. You know the event, the the major event comics every every once in a while. I do that when I can't find when I'm not when I can't really find something new. Yeah, you know. Um, so I read that ever, on the Marvel Unlimited app. How was it? Was it pretty good? Did it hold up? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely holds up. I love, I love that. Uh, you know, the the whole thing of it's a scroll, and so now we can't trust anybody. You know, it, it's uh, yeah. it's like those old, you know, those TV episodes where somebody in the room is a killer, and we don't know who it is. And I, yeah, I, I love stuff like that, man. Did you ever read the original Secret Wars from like the late eighties? I think it was eighty eight, something like yes, that. Yes, I did. I, I think I did. Um, but it's been a while. Yeah, where like Doctor Doom gets his face fe- healed, and then he ends up getting, I think, like the Cosmic Cube or something like that. He gets Probably. something that gives him like total command over the universe. Or I can't remember. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I had uh, a buddy, actually, the guy who was hanging out with Big Red. He gave me the whole series. Um, and I didn't know, but it's worth a shit ton of money if you got every single issue. And I had all, you know, all what twelve issues. Oh wow! He just gave me in high school, like, oh dude, I got these. You want them? I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take Fuck them. Yeah, I want sure. them. I'll read them. This is cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. It was a it's a fun read, a quick read. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, one second, let me look on the shelf here. I read. Uh... No. I know what I have to talk about. I am um, in the middle. I haven't finished it, but I'm reading when I was actually, we went by your store there in Lacey. Yeah, Olympic Cards and Comics, man. That's right. They had a big um, cleaning house sale going on. They actually had some pretty good shit yeah. in their $1 and $5 bins for comics, all graphic novels. Um, and they had like the last seven volumes of the goon when it was over at dark horse. Mm -hmm. So it was like, so I picked up, uh, volumes 11 and 12 and I'm reading, uh, volume 11 right now. The, the goon in the deformed, in the deformed of body and the devious of mind. And I, to me, it's like, uh, 
I was never a huge Goon fan. I enjoyed it now and then. But, like, those last couple of volumes were, like, I mean, that was Eric Powell, like, really just artistically just hitting his prime, man. He's just, like, full glory. Because he's doing, like, a lot of mixed medium stuff. And, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's really goofy. And there's some goofy monsters. And I I don't know if he's still doing the Goon. I think he's doing it over at his... uh, at his own imprint that he started, his own company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't know. Or did he shut that down? Was it, I have no idea. I'd have, we'd have to look into it. Maybe we should try and get him on the show. But anyways, um, I'd read. I remember reading a couple of these issues, um, just that I picked up, just you know, for fun. So now I'm actually like reading them in, uh, you know, in sequence for once. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, you know, like you pick up one issue, you know, and it's like. You get yeah. it because it's got. I would just get it because it had some cool like monster art, you know, as you can see there. Yeah, that's um, pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and so I just was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to read the whole thing." And I think uh, this is coming off of like the whole series where like Goon had a brother, and then like uh, in issue t- or in volume twelve, there's a whole sequence. Where, like, I loved it because I had the issue. I probably have it somewhere around the house. Maybe I got rid of it, but he did like this like. It's called Hooch Monkey, mm-hmm. but it was uh, like this skunk ape. Like, it drinks this vat of like moonshine and becomes like a dragster, and they end up doing this big dragster race with it. But um, yeah, it's got all kinds of. There's this like weird wizard dude who showed up. Anyways, I'm gonna get into that next. Just yeah, it's just a lot of fun, you know. Probably not. Some of it doesn't hold up the best in terms of uh, PCness. Sure. Um, but you know. Whatever, I can suspend disbelief. It's just, uh, you know, it's also depicting characters from the 1920s. So some of right, their, right. you know, some of their, their viewpoints aren't going to be PC. But, yeah, it's interesting. It's right at that time all this was coming out when, remember they were talking about Paul Giamatti was going to do the, one of the voices and they were going to do that, that goon, uh, it's like an animated movie. Yeah. And, and there was even like a few clips that were rolling around. Like there was a trailer at one point that dropped and something happened. I don't know if it just tested poorly or what, but then I remember they're going to like crowdfund it and nothing ever happened with it. So I don't know if maybe it's just lost in production hell somewhere, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we ever get them on the podcast. We'll, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I've only had two interactions or three interactions with Eric Powell and they went exactly the same every time. Okay. Um, he was, well, the first two times he was, Still drunk from the night before, so <laughs> literally the first time I met him, he was puking into as we were he's attempting to talk, he ended up puking into a garbage can, and his partner with him was like, right now might not be the best time and then the last time I talked to him, he was a little hungover from the night before, and just was like, "We talked, but you could tell it was he was like, "I'm ready to get the fuck out of here, sure." And, so, I, I didn't bend his ear too much. If you sure. Know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, he's a good dude. So I would. It'd be great to get him on here. I'd love to talk about Eric Powell and his new company and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. So. Definitely. Yeah, man. Well, but yeah. Before we uh, before we wrap up, I don't know if you wanted to. Uh, we we didn't we didn't cover it in the news section, but you sent me an article. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that at all or if sure. we wanted to leave that. I think there's a couple things I've sent you. Uh, yeah, uh, why don't you hit it off, man? Uh, 
just the uh, what's going on over at IDW? Yeah, sounds like there. I mean, there have been rumblings. People have been talking that, but they're um, basically, you know, because they're publicly traded. Yeah, they're basically stock was in a year has gone from what twenty five. Yeah, to like two. It's like two bucks right now. Yeah, Um, and I guess a bunch of their bigger. properties like gi joe and stuff things and transformers things that have kind of kept the company afloat that's that's been there you you got yeah gi joe transformers and turtles have been their big ips yeah i mean they're still moving forward id or turtles is going good yeah i i my little ponies is actually still going good for them but and Sonic the Hedgehog, but the other ones, uh, like I said, GI Joe, Transformers, like the big Hasbro ones, Hasbro, yeah, um, license are uh, well, those are about to expire, and so the, and the company is just not doing well. And they they actually put up a graph, and it showed kind of when things started going downhill, which yeah. I doesn't surprise me because I was right there in the beginning when it had the first fucking. Yeah. So um, and earlier this year, they they had a uh, like a games department. Well, you know they they put out yeah. a bunch of uh, a bunch of prop uh, licensed board games. They did a couple of different Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. They did a Batman one, mm-hmm. and then uh, now I think earlier in the year they closed up shop. They're no longer doing any sort oh. of games. Their entire gaming really? department is gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Shit. So the word on the street, I mean, it like I said, we've, there's been rumblings. We've had people saying, oh, they're going to close up shop next month. And was, that was like a year ago. And you're like, well, we'll see. We'll Not see. quite there yet. Yeah. And now it looks like they're they're there. I know of a few people that are over there that are leaving. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's – I don't think it's public yet. So I'm not going to – I can't say. Sure. Um and who knows if those are just rumors? But usually, when you know a ship starts sinking, like people start looking for other other rides. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't blame them. You know, you, you, I've been in companies where they, you know, when they basically implode. As and uh, yeah, and it fucking sucks because does it, 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 it? There's no like. There is no medal for the guy who sticks to the ship when it's it, you know. People on the Titanic who died, they didn't get any medals, man. Like, right, right. <laughs> yeah, like, so I, I, yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious. I mean, I, I don't like. Obviously, I, you know, I hope that they're rumors, and I hope that uh, they can, yeah, keep it, keep it going because you know I've been a regular subscriber of IDW for. Uh, a decade now, and uh, yeah, and there's some really good people over there. I yeah. mean, like. I know freelancers like uh, Luis Delgado, who's oh, the um, he's the colorist on like, you know, his big big book has been he's been the long time for um, Ghostbusters colorist, mm-hmm. and now he's doing the the Ninja Last Turtles, Ronin. yeah, Last Ronin. But you know, Last Ronin because of the delays, um, yeah, I, they didn't say it, but in the article, it really kind of showed Lake was loosely saying that it doesn't sound like that book was a, the success IDW was hoping it was going to well, be. The first issue was. Yeah, the first issue sold like sounds crazy. like crazy. It, it did way worse than Half Life after that. Yeah, I mean, um, you can't wait four months in between books if you want to continue to keep people excited about it. You know, I think I've yeah. said that more than once. You know, I mean, the last issue, uh, issue four came out in October, and 
the final issue, issue five, isn't coming out until February. Right. And, you know, for as good as The Last Ronin is, it's not like The Ultimates or right. some big Alex Ross, you know, DC project where right. people will wait six months in between issues and still buy and, and they'll go into the second, third, and fourth printings. Right. Nobody's doing that with Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you know, if they get no. a. Yeah, I mean, it's you'll just get a not... couple of a couple of issues. Um, we'll get you know second or third printings. You know, issue one or any sort of like big moment issues like uh, your cover issue forty four, Death of Donatello. That went to second and third printing. Um, I think it was issue f- fifty, and then issue eighty eight, eighty nine, somewhere around there was the first appearance of Jenica, and then the first appearance of her as a turtle. Those went to second and third printings but yeah as a as a whole you're not gonna you're not gonna see that i don't think idw will go away honestly i think you know dark horse went through something similar to this not too long ago and they just acquired different types of ips and for people don't know what an ip is it's an intellectual property yeah so like Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Transformers, all intellectual properties that companies like IDW is owned by Viacom. And they, you know, they basically acquire the license through bidding and then they produce comics. So the comics are supported and loosely financed, I guess, kind of financed by the people who, you know, like Nickelodeon for yep. Ninja Turtles. Yep. And then, you know, a deal is struck. So IDW is the one who basically has the comic. They're the management team that creates the comic, essentially. Right. But, uh, yeah, so I I think they'll just probably go do what I – I mean, look at Dark Horse. Like, they lost everything all at once. And then they didn't go away. They just went and got, like, Fortnite and Stranger Things and all these other new things that people like, and they're doing really well. Yeah. So, um, you know, companies – I mean – and if IDW goes under, it'll suck, but there'll be something something that will pop up to take its place. Yeah, and you, you know these big IPs. You know, if you're listening and you're like, "Oh well, shit, how am I going to get my Transformers or or whatever?" There, you know, if it does, obviously we don't want to see them go away, right? If they if IDW does go away, they're going to get picked up by another publishing house to yeah, continue I mean, tra- producing comics. Look at Transformers. Start off at Marvel. Yep. Then they went over to um, oh Devils Do, and yeah. they were there for a long time. Then when Devils Do went under, IDW picked them up, which was one of the like kind of nails in the coffin for yeah. Devils Do. Yeah. And then you know, I mean, how long have they been? What ten, fifteen years? Two thousand five is when they got the IP. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And so, uh, and so they've had it for fifteen years, going on seventeen. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, I, I mean, I I'll be honest. I haven't read a ton of the IDW uh, Transformers books, um, sure. but from what I was reading in the article, I didn't realize that I didn't realize Transformers was such a big thing. It seemed like they did. They're doing really well. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, shit. I wouldn't mind doing a Transformers cover here or there. That would be rad. That would be cool. That would yeah. be really cool. Yeah, I'd be totally down with that. Um, as long as you know. It's cool characters, right. Grimlock or Optimus Prime, right. some badass and, shit like that. You know, we have a huge Transformers fan who lives in this house. So, oh really? Oh, he's a big Transformers fan, loves them. Oh, jeez. So if I do some Transformers, I'll be royalty. And yes, 
Wow. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll give me that five bucks back. He might. He might give you that five <laughs> bucks back, but I don't know. We'll see. I somehow doubt that. Yeah, I think that's, that's not happening. No, that's gone to the Oculus Fund. It's gone to the Oculus Fund. <laughs> How much closer? Well, he's already at ten percent. Where are we at now? Still at that same ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to start get on the street, start selling them toys. That's right. That's right. Wow. Saving that money. He's a maniac. So worst part, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to sell this toy." I'm like. Cool. Do I get that money since I bought you that toy? Like, <laughs> where's my? Cut? And he's, if he was real smart, he'd be like, "Dad, what do you think this is? An NFT? It doesn't work that way." I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no, it was good. Uh, it was a good, good con. We got some. Hopefully, you have some good. Uh, we're able to follow up some folks. Get some good guests coming in, and. Yes. Um, yeah, if anything, it was great just getting to hang out and yeah, finally put a face with uh, Critical Entertainment because I'd never actually met them right like face to face. It all just been you know emails, kept a couple phone calls. That was about it. So yeah, man, it was good. Uh, well, uh, I think I think that's it for me. Uh, do so we have too. any anything we need to uh, plug or pimp or uh, talk about that's coming up? I mean, other than uh, new pages of Operation Blue that are going to be on bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. That's what I'm talking about. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm so. I'm going to get the. I'll get some T Public shit going too. We yeah. got to update the shop. Yeah, we do. We do. That would be cool. And then, yeah, so be on the lookout. New pages will be dropping soon. And then uh, Critical Entertainment, if you want to pick up the First Americans or any of the other books they have like minion um critical entertainment la right is it critical entertainment la.com i believe i, I believe so yeah. yeah we'll have links in the show notes yep, there'll be links and you'll be able to uh you'll be able to find them and you will be able to uh purchase directly through them and uh yeah give they got give, a bunch give of sweet a, books give them a chance man give give them a chance they they've they're putting out good stuff yeah, yeah, they're you know they're a small outfit, but it's impressive the amount of titles they've been. You know they've got Space Dragon, they've got Minion, uh, they got Planetary, uh, they've got uh, Zombie uh, uh, Zombie Zero. I think that's what it's Zom- called. Yeah, Zombie Zero, and then that Nick Cage project uh, was it the prequel to Ghost of the was it Ghost of the Prison Land or something, something like, like that? that? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the name of it, but and then First Americans, First Americans, First yeah. Americans, number yeah. one all the way, First Americans. It's called First for a reason because it's the best. <laughs> 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 all right, Tiger Cubs. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Um, anything and everything, Blue Tiger Revenge, Operation Blue, uh, is all going to be at bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. Also, you want to send us an email. Uh, Blue Tiger Revenge at Substack.com uh, is going to be the best way to uh, to get to us. Find us on uh, Facebook, Blue Tiger Revenge, Instagram at Blue Tiger Pod. Um, so we are there. We're everywhere. We're invading. We're we're coming for you with that fresh, hot, frothy tiger milk. Um, fresh, hot, fresh frothy. from the milkman, uh, right from the tiger's teeth. There it is, and uh, that is all i have tad do you have anything else i mean that's it i'm all out
All right. Well, if that's the case, what time is it? Hit the music.